Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hiring Enablement Podcast. My name is Gavin Spears, the CEO of Solutions Driven. We're a global recruiting partner that guarantees right first-time hiring. Over the last few years, we've seen many things change as it relates to hiring, and we've recognised three global hiring challenges, what we call hiring insanity, hiring inequality, and hiring execution. And over the coming episodes of the podcast, we will discuss the overall theme of how much hiring has changed, and what we and, and we see this continuing to be a challenge for many organisations moving forward. In today's episode, we're going to focus on the power of alignment and collaboration during a hiring process. We're going to dive into the impact of being misaligned, what we do to help organisations get aligned, and also some tips and advice along the way. And to, dis to discuss this further, I'm delighted to be joined by Nate Wiley, who previously led technical recruiting at Lyft, and most recently was VP Talent Acquisition at Health and Wellness Startup. Nate has had a really interesting career to date, has been in TA, I think, just close to 12 years. His, his career has spanned staffing, distribution, manufacturing, big tech, startups, and is currently a full-time consultant providing TA support to the startup and other organisations, and also assisting job seekers with understanding how to strategically navigate their careers with an offering called Career Hacker Late. Some career highlights from Nate. From Nate, he has led the redesign of a global recruiting process to focus on candidate potential in key areas of the business. He co-created a tailored recruiting process to deliver excellent candidate experience and also has recruited for nearly all business units at a tech startup pre and post IPO. Some hobbies when he has time out with TA, fitness, reading and, and lots of vacation. So Nate, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Gavin. You are Make you sound so great with bio. I appreciate. It. <laughs> yeah, good, great to great to have you. So, so let's just let's let's dive straight in. I mean, I think you know today, as you, as we said, is around understanding the the impact of of hiring alignment, and it would be good to get your thoughts on both sides. I guess the impact of, but also the positive impact of being aligned as as a hiring team through through the hiring process. Yeah. So, as far as uh, alignment. And when I say alignment, I'm speaking more so between your, your talent acquisition teams and your, your hiring leaders, uh, regardless of, of levels. So whether we're talking about a junior recruiter working with a mid-level manager, or if we're talking about someone more senior on the TA side, working with someone on the executive team, from my experience, that uh, sort of that initial kickoff or the, the very beginning of a search of where a, a business need has been identified is a very critical point in the search, um, not just for time's sake, but to get a better understanding of what the business really needs and is this something that we're going to need into the future or are we trying to sort of solve for something that's more short-term? And I'll say that because it, it really goes into what sort of candidate you're going to look for in, in that regard, whether it's someone who can come in and serve those needs in the short term, or are you looking for someone who's going to be able to grow with the company if you're looking to retain this person, if you know that that need may change over time. And again, in my experience, when there is that misalignment and there's not clarity around what is it we're actually looking for, not just the hard skills, technical skills, but from a soft skills standpoint, you may end up spending a lot more time looking for someone. Um, and a lot of times that comes from not taking the time to calibrate in the beginning, but that continuous calibration throughout the search. Um, I think a lot of times hiring leaders like to 
you know, drum up a job description, give it to a recruiter and be like, all right, go find me someone. And it's just a lot more that goes into it than that. Um, now, on the flip side, when I've done it or seen it done well, and myself have done it well, not only are you able to put together a good candidate slate a lot faster, but you also are building a pipeline because now you have a better understanding of what the business needs and then also what direction the business is heading in. And so there may be candidates who aren't a good fit for this particular role, but you know you're going to need to fill that role down the road. And now you're starting to, again, build that pipeline. You can nurture that talent so that the next search um, doesn't even take as long. You can kind of jump right in and already have uh, not only some candidates identified, but know what type of candidate profile you'll be looking for. It's excellent. And, and I think, as I said at the start, I mean, we pride ourselves on right first time hiring. And our view is getting a good what we call scoping call and getting that mm -hmm. alignment at the start of the process really does then positively impact, you know, the, the right first time hiring. And, and we sometimes, you know, say if we don't get that, you fall into the trap of what we call ready firing. Right. So you're, you're mm -hmm. kind of, you know, hoping and, and praying that you're you're focused on the on the right area. What about um, you know, I guess we we talked, I mentioned earlier about how much we believe hiring has changed over the last three, four years. Um, how much do you think hiring alignment has changed? You know, I mean, what is what has changed in terms of hiring manager expectations or the time to get aligned, you know, at, at the start of a process? That's a great question, Gavin. I think um technology may play a part in that a little bit. I know um, over the last several years, a lot more of communication uh, between recruiting teams and hiring managers can be done in the system. So that is helpful that you have that documented and that a recruiter can go back and refer to notes that are kept in the system or whether it's feedback on specific candidates if the hiring manager is, is using the ATS um, the way that they that they should and they're leaving good feedback on each candidate and then i've seen that help speed up that calibration process and you're able to find a candidate um, a little bit better but honestly at the end of the day it still comes down to me is is clarity and also a, a hiring leader having a um a good understanding of what it is they're actually looking for um nothing against any hiring leader by, by any means. I've been a hiring manager myself and it's a very humbling experience. I feel like when you're on the recruiting side of it, it's all, you know, why can't you give me this? Why can't you give me that? Like, I don't think you know what you're looking for. And then when you're on the hiring manager side and you're building out your own team, it, it gets pretty sticky because now you're, okay, like that was a good candidate, but that's not exactly what I'm looking for. And then you start to have trouble really articulating what is it that I'm actually looking for? I can't quite put my finger on it, but that wasn't it. And so what a recruiter can do is come in and have those, again, those continuous conversations to try to pull that out. Like let's, let's start mapping out what you like and what you didn't like about this candidate to help us build a better profile. It's excellent. And I think, you know, we can see across the searches that we do for clients, there's a massive difference and impact when there is an active hiring manager versus a passive mm -hmm. hiring manager. You know, so someone who is genuinely committed to the process and engaged, you know, makes a makes a world of a difference. So, what about um, in, in your experience, if you were kind of mapping out best practice and sharing, you know, what does good look like as it comes to a collaborative hiring process? Is there any elements or best practice that you would share, you know, and and give to to other TA leaders? I would say that documentation is important, especially, um, I believe you call it a scope and call um, 
it can be called a, a kickoff or or whatever that initial meeting is with a hiring leader when they acknowledge that they do have a hiring need. Um, so having a very thorough list of questions that you're going to go through with this hiring leader, mind you, you may not have to ask every single question, but in my experience, it's good to have it there so that you aren't forgetting anything Um you know, humans in general are, are terrible when it comes to memory. So trying to just recall every single question or every um, certain piece of a hiring process um, off of memory can be tough. But when you have it in front of you and you're actually going down um, almost like a checklist uh, to make sure that you're getting all the information you need, that's very important. Setting up those um, weekly or biweekly check-in calls I've seen are, are very helpful just so that the recruiter isn't... Um, sort of going too far down the wrong road, if, if that makes sense. I've seen searches where there's not a lot of communication between recruitment and the hiring leader. And so now it's three, three and a half, four weeks in, and now they're trying to calibrate. And it's like, okay, like we've almost wasted an entire month uh, going down the, the wrong path. Or this is a big one as well. Um, hiring leaders change their mind about what it is they actually need or the business need shifts. And so the hiring leader recognizes uh, a change in, in what may be needed, but they don't communicate that change to the recruiting team. And so now when the recruiting team is presenting candidates, the hiring leader is thinking differently than they um, were originally when they met with that recruiter. And now the recruiter is wondering, where is this coming from? You know, we, we did the intake meeting. You said that this is what you wanted. This is what you needed. Oh, well, you know this person resigned. So now we need someone who can come in and do this person's job as well. And so it's, it's really about that, that constant communication and the, the best hiring processes I've seen has, um, you know, a good relationship between recruitment and the hiring leader. And they understand that it takes both parts to be successful. And it's not one side um, relying too heavily on the other to get the job done. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I mean it's a team sport, you know. There's there's no doubt. Right. I mean, I think you know, but but it's funny because you know that the, the, we always feel the recruiter owns the accountability, but ultimately the hiring manager owns the hire. You know, so it's you know one yeah. can't do it without the without the other. You said something really interesting there around documentation. I mean, one of the things we try and really bed into our process is when we've had that spoken call is is not only just playing that back to say, hey, is this is this right in terms of what we've understood. But also we create a scorecard that said that says this is what we believe are the must-haves, the importance, the nice-to-haves. And almost mm -hmm. that scorecard becomes the blueprint so that, you know, it does happen, right? Hiring managers change their mind, you know, business change. We can go back and say, but but that's why we've sent the shortlist of candidates that we sent, because this is what we agreed, you know, at phase one. So but you're right. I mean, I think communication solves a, a lot of those, a lot of those challenges. I mean, I think what about around we've all had really tough hiring processes we've all, we all we've all had hiring processes that have gone wrong you know there's there's been challenges there's been misalignment what do you do in the situation where things are going wrong and how do you kind of overcome that that hiring misalignment so to speak yeah um i'm a big fan of resets um <laughs> I, I like to to pull all parties together and just acknowledge the search is taking longer than what we thought it would you know, we've interviewed several people that haven't been the right fit. We've been misaligned on compensation. Whatever those factors are that has led to a lack of progress in that search, let's just go ahead and call it out and acknowledge it and almost run it like a like a project brief. Like the, these are the challenges we're seeing. Now let's let's acknowledge that there's no need to to keep you know harping on that fact. 
let's move forward. Let's let's fix these challenges. And what I've seen from recruiters and, and myself, having that reset and then having more clarity moving forward, you can, you know, find candidates in half the time now. Like like you're really sort of reinvigorated about the search and you know exactly what you're looking for and you can be a lot more targeted. Um, and then you have uh, we'll call it data from, you know, what has gone wrong. So, you know, not to make those mistakes before, like, you know, what, maybe what industries to avoid for certain candidates, because their, their experiences and matching up um, what experience levels, um, what compensation ranges. So you, now you have a little bit of real time data that you can use um, moving forward in your search that actually came from the beginning of your search. Yeah. Good. Excellent. And again, from our perspective, um, you know, we we tend to get quite a lot of roles that have been open 90 days, have been challenging roles. And, and to, to your point there around the data, what we, we do, first of all, is say, well, what's been done so far? Because, mm -hmm. you know, there is no point in just doing the same again and hoping for right. different results. That's almost the hiring insanity that I that I mentioned at the start. So it's really about, you know, assessing what's been done and what do we do different. You also mentioned earlier around technology, you know, and how that's helped you know, hiring teams communicate, but in your experience, is there any technology that you feel is, is you know, particularly good when it comes to not only hiring manager communication, but, but hiring or hiring team alignment? So I, um, I really enjoy using a, a CRM mm -hmm. when it comes to, to hiring and what that does for me, um, especially if it's a, a newer, more robust CRM system is you can actually create dashboards um, to get real-time snapshots. And what I uh, did at Lyft was almost set up these reoccurring reports in which they would be sent directly to hiring leaders. And so what that did was it, it took a little bit of pressure off myself and the team. Um, I think one of the, sort of the, what's always nagging at, at myself or recruiting uh, professionally is, you know, I, I need to provide an update. Like things aren't going as, as well as I want them to, but I still need to let them know what is yep. going on. And so being able to do that kind of helps you breathe a little bit easier. And then it also yep. allows for um, the hiring leaders to understand what's being done and what the progress may be. So even if they may not be seeing the candidates, that they want, they're able to see real-time snapshots of the effort. I, I think a lot of hiring leaders are, are hard on talent acquisition teams because they don't really understand what all goes into the process. Uh, yeah. So when you're able to give them some sort of visibility into the actual efforts, the reach outs, the channels, the, uh, the response rate, the people who aren't interested, why those people say they aren't interested, um, the CRM we use was able to break all that down and report that out very cleanly. And so they were able to see, okay, like it's not for a lack of trying. This is just yeah. a tough market right now for this particular role. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Okay. Okay. And, and closing off, um, you know, as, as I've mentioned, you've been in TA just over 12 years. What's your biggest learning? You know, if you were, if you were giving advice to other TA leaders or people starting out their TA leadership journey, what would be your biggest learning advice to, to learning or advice to those people? That's a great question. Um, I think it's, you know, people are going to be people. And I've always been the type of person, um, no matter who I'm talking to in regards to recruiting or talent acquisition, we can bring in all the fancy systems, the data, the AI processes. At the end of the day, we're dealing with people on all sides of this, yeah. the recruiters, the hiring leaders, the candidates, you know, business leaders, like it all comes down to, you know, is this someone that 
we can put our trust in? Is this someone that we're going to, you know, give this ownership and responsibility to to drive our company forward? And so you you can't um, underestimate the the value that is and how that brings emotion out of people. Um, I, I know it's very hard for uh, recruiters to to try to convince a hiring leader to to make a hire. Um, and I know we've all experienced like everything is here, like all the boxes are checked. This yeah. person did a great job. And it's just something in them saying, I don't know. I want to see someone else. I want to see one or two more people. Um, yeah. And I just feel like over time, I really matured to understand, okay, like this, this is going beyond you know, what's on paper, like this is, this is more so emotional. And when you start to dig in, like, okay, like it's a lot riding on this for you. Like the, your success may depend on this person being successful and you just can't bring yourself to, you know, <laughs> partner with this person because they just didn't wow you in a way that you want to be wowed. And so my advice is don't forget that, that this is a people business. Yeah. And at the end of the day, emotions are going to be involved and it's it's up to the recruiting professionals to understand that and, and actually work that into the process itself to make people feel good about making hires. And you want candidates to feel good about accepting the job. Like it, that feeling part is important. I think it took me a while to understand that because we want it to be so objective, right? Like we want it all to be, you know, black and white. This is what it is. This person is qualified and it's, it's just more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Super insights, really, really helpful. I mean, I think, you know, in summary, just your, your point there around, we do sometimes forget people buy from people, you know, and, and really mm-hmm. getting that kind of relationship. But it's interesting. I mean, the, the research we look at, there is no doubt the misalignment or the, the, the hiring alignment at the start of the process is probably one of the biggest factors that drives, yeah. you know, time to hire, you know, and hence, you know, cost per hire, et cetera. So I think, you know, for me in summary, I agree with you. I think, you know, we, we shouldn't underestimate the importance of hiring alignment, you know, whether that's around the project plans that you mentioned, the communication, the technology, and holding the recruiter and hiring manager to account, getting that hiring alignment right at the start, as you said, you know, makes a makes a, a more straightforward process as you as you go forward. Yeah, there's a saying in the military that, um, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And so I, I've never yeah. forgotten that. And if you just yeah. take a little bit more time in the beginning, the process seems to, to flow a lot better. Yeah, good, excellent. So thank you for your time, Nate. Thanks to our listeners. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Please do feedback. And if you've got any specific topics that you would like to see in future episodes, drop me a note on LinkedIn or comment below. And thanks again, Nate, for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Likewise, thank you. Great, take care.